Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Food Therapy Podcast. Today, Lauren and I are going to be talking about some of the biggest misconceptions of intuitive eating because there certainly are a lot. And I feel like, Lauren, we've talked about this too. When I first heard about intuitive eating as a to-be dietitian, somebody who was studying in the field of dietetics, I was so confused. I'm like, what is this? Like, this would never work for me. I'm addicted to food. I have no control around food. This might work for other people, but this is definitely not something that I could ever do. And I honestly think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I didn't really understand what intuitive eating was and how it could just truly transform my relationship with food. Yeah, I had a few things in terms of like my initial thoughts of intuitive eating, the first one was like, that's so dumb. That sounds so unhealthy again, because of you, like what you were saying where you're like, there's no way that I would actually control myself. And two, because I was like, we didn't learn this in school. And as a dietitian, we learn all the science-based evidence-based things. So there's no way that this could actually be good for you, quote unquote, good for you or healthy for you. What's also interesting is like the idea that we need to be controlled. Mm-hmm. And this is something that diet culture definitely continues to push onto us. But this idea of like, we cannot trust our bodies. And in order to trust ourselves, like we have to, you know, follow certain food rules, look at different diets and ways of eating because we definitely don't know what's good for ourselves. And diet culture wants us to think this, right? Diet culture wants us to think that we have to be controlled because as long as we think we have to be controlled, then there will always be a massive diet industry helping us to control ourselves. Yes. So basically we just talked about all the different points that we want to talk about in terms of what are these misconceptions. And I think one of those is that if you engage in intuitive eating, you are going to lose control. And the the fear is real, right? Like actually feeling like you are going to lose control and it might even be the reality at first, but that's because you have been trying so hard to tightly control something for so long. I always like to use the analogy of like, now I don't want to overgeneralize, but a lot of times when parents are very, 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 very strict, it's not uncommon for children to act out, right? They're trying so hard to tightly control their kid, aka they don't trust that their kids are going to do the right thing, right? We don't trust that our bodies are going to tell us to do the right thing. So they act out right? Which in comparison, we quote unquote act out with eating all the things and feeling out of control because we're so tightly trying to control things versus the parent that 
seems a little bit more like, yeah, I trust you. You know, I trust you do the right thing. And they, you know, get home at curfew or whatever it is. Or maybe they don't even have a curfew. Again, that's overgeneralizing, but kind of another way to think of it. And also the idea around control, it makes complete sense why somebody who has had a really long dieting history believes they need to be in control or they need to be controlled by going on certain diets because typically what happens is somebody is on a fairly restrictive plan and then the biology of our body is right like we cannot be on diets for that long and the longer you diet the harder it is to actually stay on a diet so maybe in the past you were able to be on a diet for several months and then it became several weeks and all of a sudden it's hard to even stick to a diet for a day and that's actually your body doing everything it can do to keep you alive, to keep you well and safe. And your body's doing all the right things. And yet, because as the individual, we think we're at fault for not being able to stick to these diets, we're blaming ourselves. And we get back into this loop of, see, I can't be in control. Like, look what happens the moment I'm given some, you know, rope and I can eat what I want, I lose total control. So I definitely think the control piece is is huge. And I also think people think that intuitive eating is this like kind of fuck it diet. Like I can just eat whatever I want, when I want, with no thought into how I'm feeling. How does this food make me feel? And again, I really want to normalize this because when somebody has been on multiple diets for years and years and years, of course, you're just like, fuck it. Like I can't do this anymore. And it's almost like this pendulum swing. And I think some people go the complete other way first. And then you find yourself more in the middle. And I definitely see this with so many of my clients where they're just like, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to eat what I want to eat. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. So we want to find this like balance of giving yourself the permission to have the foods that you weren't giving yourself permission before, but also realizing like those foods will be there tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And that trust takes some time. I think that this initial phase of feeling out of control, which like we're saying is very normal and it subsides also leads into another misconception, which is that this is like Brittany was saying, kind of the fuck it diet and that this ultimately is going to be unhealthy because after that initial phase, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't control myself. This is so unhealthy. This is so bad. I'm being so bad. Um, but then we're overgeneralizing what intuitive eating is to like the umbrella of well, this initial phase is how it's going to be the entire time when it's not necessarily that way. And it takes some time to get into kind of the meat, for lack of a better word, of intuitive eating where we're actually starting to understand our bodies because for so long, you have been focusing on dieting and not getting to know your body. So it takes time. Yes. And also this idea of health too, it's... I, I've been learning more about this idea of healthism, which is the idea that like a person's health is entirely their responsibility. And it places this moral importance of maintaining good health. Like somehow you are a better person because you are prioritizing your health. And there are many people who don't have the ability to be this like picture perfect image of health, whether there are certain disabilities involved, whether they live in an environment that, you know, they don't have food access or they don't have healthcare access. Like there are so many other components, but I wanted to bring this idea of like healthism in 
simply because again, it's part of this whole diet culture mentality and, and it feeds into like, we should be doing all of these things perfectly. And if we aren't, then we must not care about ourselves. We must not care about our lives. And something I also hear from clients going back to misconceptions is, well, if I don't continue to attempt to lose weight, I'm giving up on myself. I am giving up on my health. I'm giving up on my ability to care for myself. And when you learn what intuitive eating really is, it is, it, it's just the opposite of that, right? Like intuitive eating is about self-compassion. It's about, you know, allowing yourself to relearn how to be your friend, how to be in your body and connect to your body and listen to your, you know, your inner wisdom. And so many things about intuitive eating. It's not giving up on yourself. If anything, it's creating this like whole new life for yourself that you might not have even known that it existed in the first place. Yep, exactly. And health, I think we talked about this on the episode with shrink chicks, where we were like, you don't owe your health to anybody. Yeah. Right. I personally want to feel and be healthy because that's how I feel my best. But if you're like, you know, but also like some, like your health, like the way you define health could be totally different than somebody else. Like somebody might say, I feel healthy or I am healthy when I'm managing my stress, I'm meditating, I'm sleeping at night. Somebody else might say, I'm, I feel my healthiest when I'm having, you know, high fiber fruits and vegetables. And somebody else might say, I feel my healthiest when my labs come back looking a certain way. And so health is so subjective Mm -hmm. and really what we want to get down to also is oftentimes when somebody says, I just want to be healthy, that is code for, I want to be thin Mm -hmm. or like, I need to be healthy again is code for, I need to be thin. I feel like we've gone on like seven different tangents, (laughs) unsurprisingly. What other misconceptions would you say there are with intuitive eating? I mean, I guess this isn't necessarily intuitive eating, but it is a nuance because of intuitive eating is the idea that health equals weight or weight equals health, right? So no matter, you know, basically that the thinner you are, the healthier you are, which we know isn't true. Um, and it's interesting because I always say to my clients that are like, well, thin is better. Like I do have to be thin. I do have to be skinny if I want to be healthy. And I always challenge with the idea of like, okay, so why do we accept that? You know, that friend, everybody had that friend in high school that she could eat whatever she wanted. Right. And she just never gained weight and that was okay. But somebody who is in a bigger body, we don't accept. So we can essentially accept that somebody could be naturally, naturally thin, but we don't accept that somebody could be naturally bigger. Right. So somebody that is in a bigger body dieting, all they eat is X amount of calories or salads or blah, 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 blah. And it's still their fault. Uh, not that they're obligated to do any of that, but it's always going to be their fault that they are in that size body, that they're lazy, that they aren't doing the right things. Right. So I always like to challenge with that thought of why do we accept that there can be naturally thin bodies, but not naturally bigger bodies, because that kind of really gets into, well, because there's so, well, obviously fat phobia, but there's so many indicators of, um, what determines our, our body size. 
Yeah. And I think that all of this comes down to, as you said, internalized fat phobia. We've all been socialized to think that thin is better and, you know, fat is bad. And it's, it's not just in the media and in our society. It's also like in healthcare and, you know, try going to a doctor, being in a larger body and asking for advice that doesn't include weight. It's just, it is so deeply entrenched in every facet of our society. And if you are somebody who is considering, you know, embarking on this intuitive eating journey or building that trust with yourself, it can feel really isolating and it can feel really hard when other people around you are like, what are you doing? Like that doesn't work, right? It is so counterculture to what we've been taught in the last several decades, generations, and it can be really hard. And so finding that community of people where you're like, this is the right thing for me to do. And I, you know, this is something that is going to improve my quality of life overall. Yep. And it's so interesting because our society has just determined this for us. Right. I think I forget who I was talking to, but somebody asked me, they were like, when did this like elitism around around weight shift from being bigger to being smaller because back in the day being bigger was the like elitist way to be because you could afford food it's like oh you're well fed right yeah. and now it's shifted and i can't remember what i answered but i think i just said something about when uh you know these corporations realized that they could make money off of deciding that you know, being a certain way that's unattainable for a lot of people would bring in the cash. Well, so that's, that's definitely part of it. But if we go even further back Mm -hmm. as to when did we see this shift happen, there is a lot of racist roots um, and, you know, in, and white supremacy in body size. And, you know, when the, when people came over to the U S and, um, they were trying to differentiate themselves from people who are already here on this land. Mm -hmm. This whole idea of like clean eating came about because they were like, oh, like we have to be so clean. We have to differentiate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then when slavery happened, white women were told that they should diet. They should lose weight to make their bodies look different because as long as they look different, then it allowed for slavery to happen, right? It allowed for this like savage acts to happen because they're so different. So, you know, even taking out the diet industry, there are really just like deeply rooted racist roots. And so if you are somebody who is interested in social justice, and that's something that's important to you, and it's an important value to you, it could be a really interesting way to get more clear on how did we end up here. And it has really helped me in my own internalized fat phobia and my own biases that I've been socialized to believe by learning the history of all of this. And it is so fascinating and it's, it doesn't align with my values. Right. And so it makes it easier to accept yourself and accept others when you can see like, where did this actually stem from? Like, where is this all coming from? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah, I actually didn't even think about that aspect, but that 100% has a lot to do with it too, of course. So health does not equal weight. You might feel out of control at first, but at the end of the day, intuitive eating 
for me and for all of my clients has been the most in control around food they've ever felt. And this isn't the fuck it diet. This isn't eating whatever you want, whenever you want. So what is intuitive eating? What is the contrary to all of this? Right. And I think one of those things in terms of the eating, whatever you want, whenever you want comes down to permission because technically, yes, you have permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want, but it's just that it's permission. And a lot of the times that simple shift makes a really big difference in our mindset around food and leads to us feeling a lot more in control around food. Um, when you give yourself that unconditional permission and, uh, we kind of just talked about the, the truths behind weight and health. Um, and then, yeah, same thing with control. Like at first it may actually feel out of control based on your history and so many different factors, but at the end of the day, feeling in control around food is, has been a big shift for me in terms of intuitive eating. Yeah. And also recognizing that intuitive eating is not another diet plan. It is not meant for weight loss or with the, you know, it's not with the primary goal of losing weight. And I, you know, I know I have so many clients who are like, part of me just hopes that I can lose weight at the end of this process. And we always talk about like three things can happen. You can lose weight, which to be honest, doesn't happen as often as gaining weight, especially when somebody has a restrictive history mm-hmm. or your weight can stay the same. And with this idea of intuitive eating, you know, again, it's really this journey of self-discovery. There is no pass or fail, all or nothing, which I find to be very hard for my clients who do tend to have perfectionist tendencies. And something that I heard from um, these two body trust clinicians, Hillary Canavy and Dana Storvent, they just wrote a book called Reclaiming Body Trust, and it's incredible. But they say to try to go for C minus work. Because when you go into this process, my clients are trying to strive for an A plus. And if you can lower those expectations, strive for C minus work and see what you discover, see what you what comes up and give yourself compassion, recognizing that you have been dieting for many, many, many years. And you have probably tried intuitive eating for a much shorter period of time. And it's complete opposite ends of the spectrum, right? You, It's counter to everything that you've been taught and everything you've done. So give yourself some self-compassion and you know, obviously Lauren and I, we work with clients on intuitive eating and I just, I could not have better things to say about it. And as two people who came from very disordered histories, like it is possible and it is so, so worth it in the end. hundred percent. So go try intuitive eating if you haven't already. <laughs> and while you're at it, go leave us a review too. If you're feeling a uh, spiffy. That would be really nice. Yes. We would really appreciate reviews, guys. (laughs) And we appreciate all of you. And if there are any topics that you guys want to hear more about to help you better understand intuitive eating or create more skills around body image and body trust, send us a DM. We are always reading them and we love hearing from you guys. Yeah. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, we are food therapy pod on Instagram. And we'd love to interact with you there too. Amazing. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.